दामदरासकम की जाए हटिक व्रत की जाए गोर भक्त वृंद की जाए गौर प्रेमानंदे As I mentioned, we're discussing the Dhammadarastakam. The Dhammadarastakam is, uh, Astakam means eight, so eight, eight stanzas. This is a, an ancient, uh, prayer found in the, uh, Padma Purana and it is, uh, included in Sanatana Goswami's Hari Bhakti Vilas. A book uh, describing the uh, procedures, mantras, um, behavior, and so forth uh, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and um, one of the, the chapters is Kartik Mahatmya, or glorification of the month of Kartik, which is ended yesterday or Sunday depending on whether you started on Ekadasi or on the full moon. Ekadasi was yesterday, the full moon is on Sunday. And um, so the Gaudiya Vaishnavas have given some emphasis to the month of Kartik, and we've been discussing that. It's said in the Purana that uh, the, uh, the nature of the Kartik Mas, or the month of Kartik, is that it, um, it gives or remunerates uh, considerably um, in relation to um, what's offered, in other words, if something small is offered, uh, it it reciprocates in, in a big way. Um, so there's some type of uh, said that, that necessity kind of determines the measure of remuneration. So. If you ask me if I want a glass of water, I might say yes, I might say no. But if I'm in a desert, my necessity is much greater, and a glass of water could uh, get my embrace and <laughs> and, uh, and so on. So um, Kartik is is such. It's the month celebrating the the Shakti of Bhagawan. Can you fix that? Because it's very disturbing. What's that? The echo? I've been making all kinds of noise. Either turn it off or turn it down. So, um, she, I want to say, has a great necessity to serve Damodar Krishna. So we glorify her. And this is an ancient... Uh, poem that Sanatana Goswami has drawn from the Purana and placed it in his in Hari Bhakti Vilas. So it's typical that uh, the characteristic of the month that the Gaudiya Vaishnavas will sing this song daily. Mm. And Sanatana Prabhu uh, has also written a brief commentary on the prayer. So with some reference to that commentary we'll continue our discussion and we come tonight to the sixth verse. Namadevo Damodarat Ananta Vishnu Prasida Prabhuduka Jalab Dvimagnam Kripa Drishti Vrishjati Dinam Batanu Grihanesha Mahamagyam Ediakshi Drishya He uh, 
begins this verse with the word namo, and so it's an offering of obeisances, respect um, to the deity. And we find in this uh, sixth stanza the classic um, standard, if you will, of um, of uh, the uh, structure of prayer in uh, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, which basically, and I mentioned it before, is to glorify the the deity. Some words of praise. Um, uh, to then state one's own position, comparatively, and then make one's request. Uh, so we find that it's encapsulated in this evening's verse, the sixth verse of Namadarastakam. Now, that said, uh, um, he has already offered his respect to the deity. He has already stated something about his own position, um, and he has also begun to make a request in the fourth and the fifth verse. And therein he uh, requested for what we call antardarshan, that, that Bhagavan, in this case Damodar, this is of course a, a, uh, a, 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 a nasticum about the uh, Damodar Leela, and we've been discussing the Leela to some extent here and there as it's appropriate to, to the verses. Most of you are familiar with that. The Leela, Damodar means, Dhamma means, uh, 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 well, Damodar means rope and stomach. So uh, it's the Leela in which Krishna is bound around the stomach, Dhamma. He's constrained, punished, um, by that awful mother Yasoda. <laughs> um, tied up, tied her son up in the backyard. So, uh, as a beautiful Leela, it's, it's, it's uh, really part of, uh, central to the Vatsalya, kind of center of the uh, tenth canon of the Bhagavatam, as I said at different times. Uh, there's, Krishna has three kind of identities. He is the son of Yashoda, or the son of Nanda Maharaj. He is a cowherd boy, and and has then similar friends and so forth, whom he identifies as such with, and he is the um, beloved of of Radha. These are his three kind of senses of, of identity, and the corresponding devotees in Bhatsaliras and Sakiras and Madhuriras. And so there, in the tenth canto of the Bhagavatam, there, there are three, these three uh, uh, aspects of his personality, or three uh, identities, are um, centered on each, in each instance, uh, by way of uh, uh, involving several chapters. So. Dhamadar Lila, several chapters. The Sakiras Lila, several chapters. The Rasa Lila, the famous five chapters there. Um, and all with a view to in, in, in invite us within and to taste or to experience, to become attracted to that which fuels these uh, Lila's, the sentiments of parental love, of, of uh, fraternal love, of romantic love. Mm. And... Um, 
And so this, again, is this is a song largely about, about Salya uh, Rasa and the Damodar Leela. Hmm? And um, he has, as I say, now in the previous two verses, prayed that this picture of uh, Balgopal, hmm, Damodar, baby Krishna and the Kumar Leela, his childhood Leelas, bound by the affection of Mother Yasoda, symbolized by the rope um, that was originally like a string or ribbon from her hair that she found to be two inches too short. She was, He was afraid of her, and she was afraid that he would run away. <laughs> that was a big fear and <laughs> on her part, and so she tried to tie him up. But as we know, the rope was two inches too short, and... This was much to the delight of the neighbors who had complained about her son, who had been going out and stealing milk products from the neighbors. And uh, when they complained, Mother Soda was very much in denial about that. But now that he had created mischief in his own home, the likes of which they had described he was doing in their homes, here at home he was caught uh, breaking the butter pot, stealing the butter and yogurt and feeding it to the monkeys. and and so on and so forth. Um, so they were delighted to see that uh, that she had now uh, to encounter directly what they experienced, which they complained about with in ecstasy. Hmm. So um, they were peering over the over the wall, um, having heard the commotion and seeing that she was uh, endeavoring to to bind him, but that the ribbon in her hair was insufficient to do so, that it didn't fit all the way around his waist and around the mortar that she was tying him to, so they began to throw rope over the walls. The cowherd people, they have rope. It's quite common among them to always carry a rope for pulling the cows, for hobbling them perhaps uh, while milking and so on and so forth. So they threw the rope over, she tied the rope to the ribbon and regardless of how much she extended the rope, it remained two inches too short. This is the kind of center of the story. It pre- it's preceded, of course, by what caused the mischief in the first place, and we have discussed that at, at some length. Um, but having um, described the binding of Krishna with the rope, ultimately, that uh, was allowed by Krishna, Krishna refused to be bound up at first, and therefore no matter how much rope um, she put together, it remained two inches too short, even while he never got any fatter. <laughs> and so it's quite a mystical affair, and of course there's a philosophical lesson to be learned from this. Krishna is showing that he is all-pervasive. Jagadavyaktumurtina. The Gita says, he still Gita says, I, uh, uh, um, in my unmanifest form, I pervade the world. <laughs> What's meant there? by his unmanifest form, means in a form that's not manifest to the eyes of ordinary people. Hmm? But those who have the opportunity to see him as he is, they see that he is everywhere. That's the meaning of Vishnu, everything inside of him. So the world, reality, um, is a person. This is how to think about that. Reality is a person. It's just not us. We're part of that person, like a cell in his body. Hmm? That's a very helpful 
useful, I think, way to, to think about that. Or we're members of his dream. It helps to um, uh, kind of uh, check us in terms of our sensibilities that we may be independent to do as we like and we're kind of provisional or contingent beings. Hmm? Um, <laughs> uh, it's all right because of who he is. Hmm. It's it's quite quite good. Uh, so he says, for example, in the Gita, just uh, for a moment, if I may, um, at uh, uh, what is that? Sarvalokumheshvaram. I'm the controller of all the worlds. All the sacrifices are meant for my enjoyment. Everything for me. And the converse of that is nothing for us. He's speaking to us, so it's rather intimidating. But after saying everything is meant for me, I'm the controller of everything, which translates out into you don't control anything, you don't own anything, nothing belongs to you. He says, Suridam Sarvabhutanam. But if you agree with this, which is hard to get around, it just happens to be who I am, hmm? then Suridam Sarvabhutanam, then I'm your friend. Hmm? So the environment will be friendly if we approach it um, with an accurate, from an accurate uh, vantage point, uh, perception of of who the center is, what the center is, Hmm? then to not own anything, to not control anything, but be the friend of the one who owns and controls everything. It's not what you know, it's who you know. So suddenly our position becomes very great, almost greater than the one who owns and controls everything because Ownership and control is at our disposal without any effort. All we have to do is, is be a good friend. That's all. Hmm? That's all. So, <laughs> so uh, he didn't want to be tied up because he had some things to do. He wanted to hang out with his friends and kids don't want to be, you know, even uh, told to stay at home but speak tied up. Hmm? But uh, she was concerned that, as I say, he might he might run away, seeing her anger and so forth, and and his power hmm, of uh, to fulfill his desires at will was actually overpowered by her desire to um, keep him there out of affection, and thus her effort. Even took the form of perspiration on her brow and so forth, and that that combined then with his his mercy, and suddenly, with the ribbon that she started, she could tie him up. And we we, we come to see how how tight and strong that ribbon is. Typically, a ribbon would not be too strong, but we'll see in the, in the next verse. We'll see how just how strong it was, and and what it, it is. Of course, it's this symbolic of her love. So the, the Muni, Satyavartya Muni, the author of the Astakam, the Murastakam, he's uh, contemplating this and so he, then he makes, as I say, in the last two verses, a prayer, a, 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 an appeal for a benediction and a benediction that he wants that that picture of Damodar Krishna will appear in his heart. This is called Antardarshan, Antardarshan, internal darshan. Hmm? And what we find in this verse is, which is an extraordinary thing, to have the darshan and samadhi of the Lord within the heart. Here the Muni is 
wanting something else beyond that. He wants sakshat darshan. So this is a very interesting um, uh, appeal, further appeal. But uh, we see how he makes the appeal. He 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 says namo. Uh, Sanatana Prabhu has said that if the prayer was written in a spirit of formality and reverence, like some of the names in here that we'll hear seem to imply, then the word tubyam would have been uh, would would have been as well added namo tubyam, damodaram devam. But um, it's left out, and which makes the appeal more like um, um, vocative and uh, and uh, and well lacking in uh, formality, driven, I should say, by spiritual necessity, taste, and so forth. The implication is that he got the antardarshan, hmm? and and now he's he's still not feeling uh, complete. Hmm? So namo deva damodar ananta vishnu prasida prabho, and he says uh, what. Uh, uh, he makes he, he he offers his respect. He begins to invoke different names of Bhagavan. These are all names: Vishnu, Ananta, Prabhu, Damodar, Deva, and so forth. And then he says that uh, Dukkha Jalad Bimagnam. So again, I said, as I said, he states his own position. He glorifies Bhagavan and begins to chant his names. Further glorification, speaking his names, which say something about his characteristics and so forth. And then he states his own position that Dukkat Jalad Bhimagnam, I'm merged in an ocean of suffering. Hmm? Um, but we might not question, what is that suffering? <laughs> He's just had the antar darshan of Krishna in his heart. <laughs> It's a little different than our everyday suffering because, you know, whatever happened to us today or or yesterday, um, or in some extended sense, sometimes we find ourselves in various states of, of uh, difficulty and, and duress and so forth. Hmm? Um, but his suffering is the kind of suffering that when it comes to us, then this saksar darshan, that the verses he's pining for, is it is in view hmm? to have the, to see Krishna face to face, so to speak? Hmm? It's uh, it's 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 not far. Let us say, Krishna is said to come to the world and give uh, the darshan of Himself um, to His devotees. He comes for them, for that is those who He says in the Gita, "Paritranaya sadhanam vinashaya tadushkritam." Dharma samstapanartha samavami yuga yuga. I come, yuga after yuga, and he says to to deliver the, to, to establish the dharma, to uh, deal with the uh, the miscreants, paritranaya sadunam vinashayatrus vinashat. So to destroy the the um, those in opposition to 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 the good, and. Paritranaya uh, sadhana to to give uh, protection uh, to my uh, to the sadhus. Hmm? So this out of the three to establish dharma to deal with the miscreants and to give uh, protection to the devotees out of the three, the primary reason 
for his appearance is to give protection to the devotees who need their the pitch of their separation from him in their practice has has reached a point that they cannot live without him and he cannot live without them so for that for them he appears and the byproduct of his appearance is that well dharma is established and um miscreants are dealt with and so forth these are secondary things that that swayam bhagavan krishna is is not involved with hmm? Vasudev Krishna, Kurukshetra Krishna, these are expansions of himself. They deal with this to one extent or another. But Krishna himself, hmm, um, Raj Krishna, hmm, this is what, in one sense, what makes him Swayam Bhagavan. He has nothing to do. The word Leela, which we sometimes use in a broad sense, as actually only has its, uh, the full application of the word is only in relation to the to the to Krishna in Vrindavan, because there he had he actually has nothing to do. He's a very much a spoiled child. He, his mother and father are the king and queen of the cowherd community. He's he has everything, hmm? and and they are not. You know, I mean, this is an instance in which he chastised him, but typically, it's out of character, if you will. Uh, uh, and uh, he has uh, free free reign. And uh, as a result, he's quite uh, mischievous and so on and so forth. So he's really only playing there. It's said in the manifest, Leela sometimes Kamsa sends his henchmen and so forth, and that the Vishnu inside of Swayam Bhagavan deals with them effortlessly. When he goes to Mathura, when he goes to Dwaraka, the word Leela in the Bhagavatam is not used except in an instrumental uh, sense at times in relation to how effortlessly he slayed this demon or that demon. Hmm? But the slaying of the demons is is part of the context of establishing dharma and so forth. Whereas in Vrindavan, he's just playing. Hmm? So the, and, and of course, as I said before, it takes uh, some power to play, right? If you want to take a vacation and play, you have to have some time off, some power with the company, you have to have some money in the bank and so forth. So he who is only playing is all-powerful. He is the Swayam Bhagavan, the fountainhead of all forms of divinity and so what's he doing coming to this world hmm? he's coming for playmates <laughs> so, so who, who cannot live any longer without without him and he can't live without them no this is his, uh, this is he only moves within the orbit of his own surup shakti that bhakti is the prominent manifestation of he stays within that orbit hmm? unless we come within that orbit by the grace of the devotees, then he really is kind of, we're not on the same page with him. Hmm? I've said before, our suffering in the material world, he has no experience of. So it's harder for him to be empathetic because he has no direct experience of the suffering. The devotees have some experience. They are the very expression of his empathy and compassion. And um, they, they seek to remedy the suffering of others in a comprehensive way by giving them bhakti. And then they come within his orbit, right? Bhakti is bestowed, as we know. Vishwanath Chakravitakura has labored hard to make this point in the introduction of his Madhuri Kadamati, the independent nature of bhakti. <coughs> she gives herself to whom she wants through the medium of the uh, intermediate and advanced uh, devotees. So, another subject, but. Um, <coughs> 
the kind of suffering, the point here um, of uh, Satyavrata Muni, the author of the Ostakam, is different than our suffering and it has the power to um, attract Krishna in terms of fulfilling the um, the aspiration of the Muni hmm? for, as I say, seeing him face to face, which is this is different now from seeing him internally, seeing him externally. We have to go into it in a little bit of uh, detail. And the method of how to attain that is also encapsulated here in, in the verse itself. Um, but he is suffering from um, separation. After all, meditation, to be absorbed in dhyan, in meditation, and have the antardarshan, can only is only relative to separation. In union with Krishna, you don't close your eyes and meditate on Him, right? Only in separation. So, this is part of the limitations of the antardarshan. This kind of meditative samadhi, as desirable as it might seem, it's only relative to service and separation. And who wants to be separated from Krishna? Nobody wants to be. The role of separation hmm, is the extent to which it enhances union when it comes about and fosters the longing for union. It's like the the, the, the low tide of the of the ocean, and then the union is the high tide, and so forth. So it, it has a role to play. It's it is it's its own entity, the separation, and union is its own entity, but. There are different types of separation with corresponding types of union. And the whole purpose of the separation is to enhance um, the union. So, he is in separation from Krishna. And the point here is that the antardarshan is not satisfying him. We hear in Krishna Sandarbha, for example, uh, that... When the gopis and inhabitants of Vrindavan were feeling the separation from Krishna, because Krishna had apparently gone to Mathura and Dwarka, that feeling their separation, he would appear to them in in dreams or in in a sporty. He would appear before them, kind of magically, and they would think that they were having some internal darshan, and it was as if he was appearing outside and so on and so forth. <clears throat> he wrote them a note, said, it's actually, I'm actually there. I never actually, actually left. But it's, a, it's a long and complex theological uh, discussion. But here, the Muni, is not, they weren't satisfied with that. Hmm? They weren't satisfied with the meditative experience of Krishna. Hmm? They wanted Krishna right they, they indeed in Kurukshetra they say a nice thing. Uh, uh, what is that? Um, um, uh, at the last verse there, uh, that uh, oh, they pray to Krishna, who, whose navel is like a lotus. The yogis, they're very expert in the techniques of control of the senses 
and the mind, and by this method, they they're able to capture you to some extent. And the jnanis, they have big minds, big heads, big foreheads, and their brains are pumping out. And and and, and in this way, they're trying to capture you. And then there are the yagya people who have lots of money and are throwing ghee into the fire, like you know, it's water, and to please you. We don't have any of these abilities. We can't do yoga. We're just we're uneducated people. We don't, you know, the Upanishads are like, what the heck is going on there for us? And and whatever our material resources are are, are limited. Hmm? We're just cow people. And so we, none of these approaches, yoga, gyan, karma, that's what they're saying. They won't work for us. So what do we want? We are samsara kupam. We're in the well of samsara. And we want you to come in the well with us. Hmm? That's what we want. We want to marry you. That's all we want to do. <laughs> People are approaching you by yoga, gyan, karma, and all these ways, and they have resources to do it. Um, we're not so adept as they are, but we want to anyway, and our desire is that we want you, we just want to marry you. That's all. Of course, what they're saying is these paths are insufficient. They, they, they're, we're, we're not interested in jnana, we're not interested in yoga, we're not interested in bhakti, excuse me, in, in karma. We are only doing bhakti, and, and of course, by bhakti he's purchased and so forth. Hmm. So, they, they want him there, they want him in Vrindavan with them, just like as if it was ordinary life, and he was your friend, he was your lover. In this case, he was your child. This is a very peculiar idea in the religious world, right? Hmm? It speaks, of course, about the, the strength of, of, of bhakti and the difference and approach, the approach of bhakti, the extent to which... That, that, that the ideal of the yogis, the ideal of the jnanis, Brahman, Paramatma, hmm? the Lord who has everything for the karmis, who they ask for things and so forth, to just catch him in the, in your, in, 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 and tie him up with your, with your ribbon in your hair and say, don't do that. Hmm? And he says, oh, say it louder. <laughs> oh, the Vedas, they're so boring. They put me to sleep when I hear the recitation of the Vedas. I wake up, they chant, I go to sleep. Ah, but this this kind of thing, the, 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 the discontent of, of Arada with me, that's keeping me up at night. My friends have to help me rendezvous with her and so forth. The power, the measure, the extent to which bhakti is, 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 is in the picture in the Vrindavan Leela determine or in any Leela determines the extent to which Bhagwan is moving in Brahman as I often say he's everywhere so he can't move and there's no there's no manifestation of bhakti there hmm? as we move from Brahman to Vaikuntha and now there starts to be some movement Shantarasa Dasirasa and on to Ayodhya and Golok and and ultimately to the Braj Leela and there as I say he has no sleep no sleep. Twenty-four hmm? hour bhakti, and he is the he is the plaything in the hands of the devotees, according to their approach, as the friend, as the lover, as the as the child. In this case, it's a very extraordinary idea, and we've been hearing about it 
in, in, as the Mooney speaks about this, he's also about what he wants, as he has in the previous verses, he's also speaking about what he doesn't want. Hmm? He doesn't want those things. He doesn't even want the ideal of Vaidhi Bhakti to live in Vaikuntha and have the live on the same planet as God, have a body like God's. These are extraordinary things, overtly transcendental. He, he's not interested in them. We're not interested in them, are we? We're not. And that's we or we weird. I mean, they're really cool. I mean, you know, <laughs> you told people you could have this, you know. But we are blessed. We have been told by someone who has real feeling for that Brajlila that the Vaikuntha is not of any interest. And somehow or other, without realizing we were told that, even we've developed all along with this idea that yes. Krishna Lila, I, I am not interested in Vaikuntha. And if, you, if, you, if I described you in detail in Vaikuntha, you will you won't want it at all. So that's weird. That sounds weird. It's overtly spiritual, but you won't have an interest. So this is the value of Sadhu Sangha to have the Sadhus, the, the, the association of Sadhus bearing, carrying this ideal in their heart. This will be transferred to us, like you have Prabhupada's disciples, without even knowing it. Hmm? If you really play it out, they'll say, and I talk about, or anybody talks about different possibilities in Vaikuntha, you'll think, oh, I'm just really not interested. That doesn't sound like real bhakti, even in some instances. Hmm? People are going there because they want to have a body like God. It's spiritual, but what about the selflessness and all that? We heard about it. This is the Brajalila in the full measure. Hmm? There's a gradation of, of spiritual selflessness. Beginning is perlad, no material selfishness, and then it goes up and up and there, where the, the sense of self that, that that's involved in, in the sacrifice of giving uh, forgets itself, hmm? from self-sacrifice to self-forgetfulness, hmm? and the, and the gap between the object of worship and the worshiper is is bridged, and there's a union and love. And this is the shape it takes. It's a dynamic union, and and it's a, it's a love of all the different varieties. It could be a love of, as I say, of parental love, a love of fraternal uh, nature, a love of of a romantic nature. And as a result, the object of worship becomes the friend, which is typically not an object of worship. He's just a pal, you know, <laughs> or the or 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 the, or the, or the the lover or the son. It's not the object of overtly of worship. That catches our attention, for sure. 24 hours a day, six days, and and, and 23 hours and one hour for church. And then back <laughs> to the family life and friends and lovers and, and, and children and so forth. But it's great power to, 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 to uh, uh, capture us. Hmm? So to have Bhagawan like this, this is a very... I mean, we hear it often enough, so it doesn't seem as, as extraordinary as it is. But the idea is that people in Vaikuntha are thinking, "What?" Scratching their heads. Hmm? And this is the this is the kind of uh, the idea that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has brought to the world, and his dispensation, hmm? uh, the medium through which he is bringing this news, bearing the news, and making it available hmm? to attain that ideal, is his Nam Sankirtan. Which this verse is full of of nam nam kirtan. So, but before we get to that, of course, as I say now he's deprecating himself, 
see my fallen position. I'm overwhelmed in a, you know, in an ocean of suffering. But he is suffering as of a spiritual nature. Now he's suffering in the context of antardarshan. You think, well, I would like to be there, but he's suffering in that condition. Hmm? This was the condition of Gopakumar in Brihad Bhagavatamrita. He attained Tapaloka. Hmm? And, and in Tapaloka he met the, the rishis there whose sadhana was, was bhakti mixed with yoga. Hmm? So Pipalayana Rishi was instructing him. Gopakumar, as he does throughout Brihad Bhagavatamrita, got the, got that wanderlust, had to move on hmm, from Tapalok as he had been so far everywhere he had uh, uh, he had attained. It's a beautiful book, the Brihad Bhagavatamrita. It's the first book of our tradition, and it's a very um, kind of uh, a very beautiful in a na- narrative form explanation of the essence of Srimad Bhagavatam, which is a study in comparative uh, religion, uh, if you will, um, or different uh, religious and spiritual possibilities described as lokas, planes of experience, and so forth. So Gopakumar is going kram vikram, step by step, through the different possibilities. He has a destiny as a result of the sadhusanga that he got. He got sadhusanga in Vrindavan. It's told at the end of the book, Radharani told... Um, what was it? Um, um, well, he, he, he ha- his destiny is similar to his own disciples. Hmm? Uh, uh, he met a guru in Sakiras. He got a Sakiras. He got Sakiras. He attained its ideal. Radharani called him one day and said, I want you. I got another servant. I'd like you to pick him up and go there. Hmm? So, is it? She sent him Sarupa. Uh, that's his name in, in Goloka. Otherwise, he's called Gopakumar, which means young, young, young cowherd. Hmm? And so, she said, "You go there and bring him." Hmm? This is the Mathura Brahman. It's a long story, but so Gopakumar is telling his his whole story to the Mathura Brahman, and at the end, it, he he embraces him, and because of relative to the association he had, the Mathura Brahman had also attained. Sakirasa, like Gopakumar attained hmm? with the blessing of Radharani. Hmm? So, the value of uh, of uh, of uh, uh, Sadhusanga. Hmm? So, anyway, steeped as he is here in, in separation, and I'm thinking about Gopakumar, he, he's going through the different stages, and his ultimate attainment as he describes to his student, is Sakyarasa in Vrindavan. So, and why is that? Because he got a certain association in the beginning of his life, right? Hmm? And um, and based on association and the flavor or the type of, of bhakti that he would develop uh, was the natural result. So, while he was going gradually through different planes, Krambikram, not that everybody will do this step by step, but he did, each plane was fully satisfying to a point, and then it was felt he felt he had to move on, wasn't satisfied, because he had a destiny derived from Sadasanga. Baladibhijibhushan hmm? makes a nice uh, point in in his Govinda Basha, his commentary on Vedanta Sutra. 
He says that all the Atma Jivatmas are equal. Hmm? There's no difference between them. You might have heard that before that we're all equal. Only the bodies make us different and so forth. So it's not. Uh, uh, anyway, other sampradayas have some different views, but in Gaudiya view, all the Atmas are equal. Hmm? Just like each atom is equal, it's different. It's, this is an atom, this is another one. This is There's two, three, four, but they're all made of the same essential ingredients. Of course, one of those ingredients is will, which is dynamic, and you can't say how will will respond to any given opportunity. could go one way, could go another way. So there's individuality in that sense, in potential, how they may respond to opportunities that present themselves. Hmm? But um, he, he says the difference, Maladev, between them is only as a, a result of adrishta. Adrishta means fate, it means karma, right? Anadi karma. It means the difference is external. The difference is karmic. It's not based on the, the self. But there's also a difference in terms of worship, which is also adrishta, which is the fate of sadhusanga. As a result of, of, the, of the, just the good fortune of having sadhusanga, there's a current of karma in the world that runs the world, and there's the current of, current of bhaktis in the world. If you run into that current for no reason, it means because it's not, it's not a cause and effect type of affair. Karma is cause and effect. Bhakti is, a, is above the karmic cause and effect. Therefore, it's called, called causeless. Hmm? So if you happen to you get lucky, bhagya, right? Hmm? What is the verse? Brahmanda Brahmite Kon Bhagyavan Jeev Guru Krishna Prasade Pai Bhakti So the Jeev becomes Bhagya, lucky, because he meets the the Guru, the Sadhu. And this is Drishta. And according to the Sadhu, he or she meets, then they're going to follow that kind of worship, and that kind of worship is going to result in, in a spiritual destiny. So he had his destiny. And so wherever he went, However extraordinary it was, however satisfying it was, it, it didn't fully satisfy him, so he had to move on. So here he is in Tapaloka. It's not quite Vaikuntha, but it's one of these one of these these planes where only sp- it's like the you know this you know Amitabha Buddha, Pure Land Buddhism. There's an idea that there's a there's there's a plane where the Amitabha Buddha resides, and all you gotta do is chant Amitabha Buddha, his name, and and you can go there. When you go there, everyone there is like just pursuing nirvana, and there's no distractions, so it's a real favorable place for entering Vrindavan. It's like the, or excuse me, <laughs> nirvana, <laughs> nirvana, <laughs> nirvana is samsara. So, so <laughs> it's kind of like the easy way. Go to the pure land. And it's an easy way to go to the pure land by chanting the Buddha's name. And when you get there, well, it's the pure land, so it's easy to go from there to the end destination. Right? No. Zero. So, so Tapaloka is something like that. Hmm? These are not uh, abodes, if you will, or realms um, where karma is in, 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 in play, but spiritual practice is in play. Hmm? And so Tapaloka, they're doing uh, this uh, bhakti mixed with yoga, brahmacharis, and they meditate. They meditate on the Lord, and they experience the Lord within in a particular form. And sometimes, then outwardly, they'll that form will they'll assume that form. 
because what you think about is what you become like and so forth. So Gopal Kumar seen this, it's real, you know, it's overtly spiritual. I, I say overtly because Vrindavan and the ideal of Gopal Kumar and of the Rishi here, Satyavrata Muni, the author of the Dhammadrastakam, is not that overtly spiritual ideal. Imagine if you're sitting and meditating, and I show the form of Ananta or hmm, Gurma, <laughs> something like that. I'm in the right place here. But Gopal Kumar is saying, well, that's so pretty cool. And he, then he learned to do it himself as well. But in spite of having the Andhra and having the, the Siksha of Pipalayana Rishi, who said, look, here's the thing. You say you want to see Krishna or God, your deity, with your eyes, but the eyes are limited. What can you see with your eyes? You see, you know, you can you can look at his feet, then you can't see his head. Hmm? Look at his head, and you can't see his feet. You know, unless you're too far back. If you're too far back, you can't see the details. Hmm? So the eyes are limited, and so all the senses are, except for one of them, the sixth sense, right? It's, it's, uh, with regard to the senses of perception, there are five, and the mind is the sixth, right? And it's different in nature than the other senses. Because the, the the nature of the mind is that it can actually assume the form of the object that it contemplates in a way that the eyes can't, the touch can't, the taste can't, hmm? and when it when when you when the mind assumes the form of the object, then all the senses can experience it. And in fact, if the sense is in contact with the object, but the mind is not connected, then to that extent it won't it, the sense won't experience it or you won't experience through the sense. So it gives a long and insightful lecture as to the limitations of the senses and he kind of, you know, uh, uh, he kind of, well, he discourages uh, Gopakumar that you you shouldn't leave here with this fanciful idea of seeing Krishna with your eyes. Meditation is the real seeing. When you go into meditation deeply, then you can experience Bhagavan fully. Hmm? Because there, you can see everything about him. You can see his feet and head, you know, at the same time, and so on and so forth. And all the senses will be controlled and focused on him, and all the senses will experience him through the dhyan. Even in the antar darshan of Bhagawan, you can even talk to him. It's possible he could he could even talk to you. Now, somebody sitting next to you wouldn't know what was going on, but um, but it's but he said this this is. Where it's at, don't leave here. Hmm? Don't go. Hmm? But Gopu Kumar is re- well reasoned as that is, and it's a long, you know, discussion about the, the virtues of Antardarshan. He was not satisfied because he had a different destiny as a result of Sadhu Sangha. Hmm? Was it, this is what makes us fortunate, right? Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Shastrikoi, Lava Matra, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Siddhi Hoi. Hmm? Just a moment's association that could change the course of good association with the sadhu can change the course of our life. So, so Gopakumar, uh, he moves on. Hmm? Actually, Brahma appears in Tapalok. He says, Who's that? Well, that's Brahma. Well, they pay their base and heads out with Brahma. Ultimately, uh, he meets the Vishnu Dutas, the messengers of Vaikuntha. World beyond, beyond the Sapaloka, Maharoka, Siddhaloka, Brahmaloka, and so forth. Hmm? And they are very pleased with him because he has, despite having had the Antar Darshan, he's not satisfied. 
He wants something more that people lie on the moon he doesn't, doesn't know about. Hmm? Doesn't have any idea about. Can't fathom, even. Neither has he taken a course, a path, by which that could be attained. Hmm? And so the Vishnu Dutas, they tell this, uh, they begin to discuss with, uh, with Gopakumar what? The virtues of Kirtan. Hmm? which is the means by which he can get sakshat darshan. Hmm? Not by yoga, hmm? mixed with bhakti, but by kirtan, which is an anga of bhakti and the central anga, limb, of the body of bhakti. Someone was asking me the other day, but you know, we hear people that chant Ganesh and uh, Shiva and this and that and, and so forth, and how can we you know, speak to them about uh, you know, the virtues of Krishna kirtan? One of the ways that I explain is that the path of yoga, jnana, um, they have their limbs, what makes up the body of those practices, and kirtan is not one of them. The, the, the angas of yoga don't include kirtan. The angas, angas of jnana don't include kirtan. But kirtan is an anga of bhakti. And when we say bhakti... What are we talking about? Vishnu Bhakti. Hmm? Vishnu Bhakti. Uttam Bhakti. Nirgun Bhakti. Hmm? Nirgun Bhakti. Not Bhakti in which Bhakti empowers Gunabhuti Bhakti. Bhakti that takes, empowers Sattva Guna to give it a power that it doesn't already have so that it can afford liberation like Sayuja merging in Brahman. This is bhakti taking the taking the, sh- the shape of a guna, although she is near guna, beyond the gunas, taking the shape of the sattva guna and uh, kind of like, as I say, uh, energizing the sattva guna to do something that unto itself it cannot do. Gyan, as a path, is under the influence of sattva. Karma is under the influence of, excuse me, uh, well, yeah, karma is under the influence of rajas. Right? Mm-hmm. If you take karma and make it karma yoga, nishkam, by taking the heart of it out, karma is a, is the path of acquisition. Instead, you, 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 you do the activities that are the karma without the desire for the acquisition. Then you've kind of infused jnana into karma and rajas is turning into sattva and you're moving from active life to contemplative life, from external life to inner life. Mm-hmm. But unless bhakti energizes that sattva, then there's no possibility of transcendence. Krishna says it in the Gita, it's said in the Bhagavatam, it's said everywhere, you wouldn't know it, but that's the value of the Goswami's commentaries, they're pointing it out everywhere. And it's just common sense that that the material gunas are binding. How can they be the source of liberation? Hmm? (laughs) So the ropes that bind you are not the source of your your liberation. To go to the Nirgun, you need a Nirgun way to go there. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Right? So, this is Bhakti. And central to Bhakti is this Anga of Kirtan. Hmm? Um, especially, of course, in our time, as it's said, in, 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 in the Kali Yuga. So, Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam. Hmm? Um, and so the inhabitants of, of these Vishnu Dutas that he meets, they begin to speak about the glories of Kirtan. Hmm? 
their path. And the most efficacious, if you will, anga of bhakti. And and this is especially true, I should say, as well, with regard to Krishna bhakti. Because there are different types of kirtan. There's kirtan of reciting the Purana, the Veda, reciting the Bhagavatam like Sukadev perfected himself by that type of kirtan. There's uh, Guna kirtan, there's uh, Lila kirtan, hmm? right? And there's Nam kirtan. Hmm? Nam kirtan is the, is the most perfect form of kirtan, the most powerful form of kirtan. In the Nam, of course, all the Lila, all the Guna, qualities, the pastimes, the form of Bhagavan are all present. Hmm? So they begin to glorify Kirtan and, and Nam Kirtan and and they're very pleased with him because he's interested in what is their own experience, seeing Krishna face to face, so to speak. How is it possible? We already heard that the eyes were limited, right? So how so of course they make many points to uh, Gopu Kumar to help him understand the, uh, the the teaching, one of which is, well, the only reason that the mind has the power to capture Krishna is because Krishna, Krishna Krishna's mercy. So his mercy is such, he can make the eyes do what the eyes can't do. Hmm? Yes, it's true, the limited material eyes, they can't do that, but he can give eyes. Hmm? He can purify the sadhaka deha and so forth. So they begin to speak about kirtan, in contrast to smarnam. This is an interesting point because smarnam, which means remembrance, and in an overarching sense it means meditation, is a principal limb of the body of Raganuga Bhakti. And we are all interested in Raganuga Bhakti. We are all, this is our ideal. The ideal of Raganuga Bhakti, Leela, entering, the, doing Leela Seva to Krishna and Vrindavan, this is what we're all interested in. We've all been infected by this, right? Uh, so, <laughs> central to this practice of Raghunuga Bhakti is Smarnam. Rupa Goswami says it when he says, Seva Sadaka Rupena Sudarupena Chatrahi. Hmm? That in your Sadaka Deha, you should, your practitioner's body, you should serve, and Sudarupena Chatrahi, in a meditative, perfect body. You should also serve the Leela. Hmm? Uh, so, Smarnam. So some people, in the name of promoting Rag Bhakti, they tend to emphasize Smarnam over Kirtanam. Hmm? And sometimes they say, well, you know, you're just doing Kirtan. You have to do Smarnam to do Rag Bhakti. Hmm? So you need to add this, this Smarnam on because kirtan is not sufficient in itself, and um, so you have to add the smarnam on, and I'll teach you how to do the smarnam, hmm? and 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 then you can then then you can be a real raganuga bhakta. Hmm? And these people that are just doing kirtan, well, they're just doing the yuga dharma. It's a lower lower thing. They're doing vaidhi bhakti. Rag bhakti requires the, the smarnam. So so there's some 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 groups that, that preach like this, but. They should talk to the Vishnu Dutas. Hmm. They should be very careful also hmm. that they that that they do not commit nam aparad in the name of Raganuga Bhakti, hmm. because there are there are 
mahima or glories of the of the name hmm, that are not to be thought of as exaggeration. The power of the name. This is one of the Namaparads. If you think that the things that are said about the name in terms of its efficacy are an exaggeration, then that becomes an aparad. That means also to say that there are there is exaggeration in the Puranas. Like to say, if you do this bad thing, this is going to happen to you. For a million lifetimes, you'll boil in oil and so forth. So they exaggerate a little bit to motivate people in terms of prospect of what they might attain, therefore they should be good, or what they won't attain if they're bad. And so fear and prospect are two motives. And when dealing with these types of people, you can exaggerate a little bit and, and, and so forth. So there is that <laughs> in the scripture. It makes a point. But what is said about the name, that shouldn't be thought like that. Hmm? So one has to be careful. What is the power of the name? So if you think the name doesn't, unto itself doesn't have the power, you have to do smarnam. And let me teach you how to do smarnam. This is a problem. It, you, if you're not careful with this kind of uh, preaching, then in the name of Raghubhakti, you can commit namaparad and you never get anywhere in terms of rag bhakti or any kind of bhakti. Once I was talking with Pramod Puri Goswami Maharaj about rag bhakti and, and smarnam and, and so forth, he said, you know, Baba, he said, what I emphasize is uh, do nam kirtan without offense, offenseless chanting. Try to get that down. Hmm? It's like really like kind of like really a grounding kind of statement. Like, huh? Yeah, that I heard that. You know, that makes sense. Uh, he said, "That is a good start there." And by the way, everything will come from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is the power of the name and so forth? So the the, the uh, yes, smarnam is an important part of Raghunuga Bhakti, but it's not more important than kirtan, and it cannot be affected or it cannot be, I should say, practiced effectively without kirtan. So the Vishnadutas, they actually told Gopakumar that, look, you, let's look at smarnam and let's look at kirtanam. Hmm? In smarnam, well, the Lord is only going to appear internally, but in kirtan, hmm, um, well, first of all, I say the, the mind can only experience internally, but the mind and the internal uh, senses, if you will, the antakarn and the external senses are really controlled by speech. So the whole this whole doctrine here of ours, if you will, is 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 really the vakshakti, you know, the power of sound, the power of the word. That's the whole the whole thing. The world uh, comes out of sound, and it, by the right sounds, it can be transcended, and so on and so forth. Hmm? So uh, it's thought, for example, let's give, let's say, Upadeshamri to Rupa Goswami says the tongue vibrates and tastes. So with regard to its tasting, it controls the lower urges of the belly and the genital. Hmm? If you can control your tasting, well, then you can tr- control your, you know, your stomach. Hmm? There was a lady who said nothing tastes better than thin. You know, who wanted to lose weight? You know. So, <laughs> so if you can control your tasting, you can control your stomach, and you can control your your your, your sexual urge hmm, considerably. And in terms of the tongue's vibrating with sound, hmm, then you control the mind and anger, which is also an internal 
hmm, emotive, uh, negative emotive experience, right? Um, and so the point being here that, that the tongue, in terms of its vibrating and, and, and tasting, but we're concerned primarily about the vibrating, it has the power to control the mind. In fact, they, they, the, 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 the Vishnudutas tell Gopu Kumar, you, you cannot control the mind without kirtan. It's not possible. And people do something that they call smarnam, but it's just smarnam in terms of remembering Krishna, like I remember Krishna, and the mind touches Bhagawan a little bit. And they said, but this, that is one thing. Dhyan, meditation is another. So if you look at smarnam, there are developments in smarnam. Hmm? And when it reaches the point of dhyan, then it's followed by um, uh, um, uh, samadhi, uh, smriti, samadhi, uh, further development. So the point in which smarna becomes dhyan is the point in which the mind is no longer functioning as a mind, but you're actually meditating, which means to stop the mind, you're not just thinking about Krishna. Hmm? You're actually meditating. So they say, when you're actually meditating, that's one thing. Hmm? But otherwise, before that, to get to the point of meditating, the means is kirtan. Hmm? Nam kirtan is the means. Without that, you cannot arrive. This is a very, this is a nice statement also by Bhakti Sananda Saraswati Thakur, who sat down for how many years? Nine years chanting japa. Hmm? And then he got, he said, among other things, smarna prabha. Uh, kirtana prabhave smarana svabhave. By the power of kirtan, kirtana prabhave, smarana svabhave, the meditation, smaranam, real, in the real sense, the full sense of the term, medit- remembrance or meditation upon one's svabhav, this means now, he means spiritual identity will come about naturally and automatically. But kirtan will bring us about. Hmm? So meditation is important Smarnam is important in Rag Bhakti, but you can't meditate with an impure mind, and the best way to purify the mind is kirtan. So kirtan brings about smarnam, and the perfection of smarnam is if out of smarnam more kirtan comes. Hmm? And of course, kirtan is such that, so, so the kirtan, it can control the ear. And it can control the other senses, and it can also control the mind. It can control the mind, and thereby, the mind can control the rest of the senses and so forth. And of course, they make the point that kirtan also can benefit other people when it's performed, hmm? rather than just yourself. That is its its power as well. So it has powers and virtues that smarnam does not. Smarnam is dependent upon it. Kirtan is not. Hmm? They go so far as to say. That smarnam or kirtan is such that it's more nam kirtan in particular. They say it's more pleasing to Krishna than Krishna's form, which is what you meditate on. <laughs> so you meditate on the form of Krishna, but the name of Krishna is more pleasing to Krishna than his own form. It's an interesting idea. There's evidence for for the fact that some things are more pleasing to Krishna than himself, than his form. He says, for example, oh, what does he say about Uddhava? Hmm? He basically says, my devotee, he uses Uddhava as an example, it's more dear to me than Lakshmi, more dear to me than Sankarshan. Hmm? 
which are his, his internal energy and a particular manifestation of himself presiding over the jivas and so forth. Uddhava, my devotee is more, he's basically my devotee is more dear to me than my own self. So we have an example of something being more dear to Krishna than himself, right? So his name makes devotees. <laughs> this is the point that they make. His name makes devotees. Devotees are more dear to him than himself. His name is more dear to him than himself, than his form. It's one with him, his name, but different from him also in ways that excel his form. Hmm? You can offend the form, but the name will still come to you hmm? and make him available and so forth. So you know, this way the, 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 the Vishnudutas, the messengers of Vaikuntadi, differentiate between smaranam and kirtanam with laying emphasis on the virtues and the power, the efficacy of kirtan to give direct Darshan. It means to get a spiritual body hmm? or to spiritualize the sadhaka day in such a way that you could have direct darshan. And there are examples of this in literature. Hmm? So, um, uh, uh, and, 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 and I should say, and this is exactly what the Rishi, uh, Satyavartamuni, the author of Damodar Astakam, is doing in this prayer. He's doing Nam Kirtan. He says, Namo Deva Damodaram Anantam Vishnu. Hmm? He's chanting the names of, of Bhagwan and aspiring for Sakshat Darshan. He's got the path. He's got, <laughs> he, 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 he'll get the desired result. Now, we might look at the, the names that he's chanting, of course. It seem, may, may seem questionable because he's spoken about not wanting Vaikuntha, which is a reverential plane of devotion, and wanting to enter into the Vrindavan Leela. But he's invoking names like Vishnu, Ananta, Isha, Prabhu, and so forth. These would be secondary names of God rather than primary names. Primary names of God are those names of God that speak about him in, 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 in Leela, in relation to his devotees, not names that speak of him in relation to the world, for example, the God, Isha, the Controller, um, the Lord, Prabhu, Ananta, unlimited, Vishnu, all-pervading. These are not typically um, primary names. Mahaprabhu says, Nam namakari bahudani desarvashaktis. He's speaking about the primary names of God. He says, they are filled, if he says, the name is filled with all the shakti, sarvashakti. Shakti means, if the name is filled with shakti, it means it must be a primary name. Bhakti means, is a shakti. So, Bhagwan in relation to his shakti. Radhanath, Nandanandan, Yashodanandan, these are primary names. But of course he invokes, first he says, Namo Deva. Deva means, it, it, it means a number of things, but one of the things in how it's used here, it means sportful, playful, hmm? this idea. So he's speaking about Krishna, the playful God, and he follows it by Damodar. Of course the name has been invoked a few times here, this is the Damodarastakam. So, now the names that follow that all have to be understood in relation to the name Damodar, so and the Leela. So he he's turning secondary names into primary names hmm? by the force of his uh, orientation and and kirtan. So Namo Deva Damodaram hmm? Ananta. He says, "Oh, playful one who's the, the playful sport of uh, 
uh, it means who has sweet form, Deva, charming form. This is Krishna. Hmm? Two arms, right? Tied up, hmm? Damodar, bound by the devotee's love. This is this is he, 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 you are uh, you are Ananta, but you are tied up. Hmm? You are unlimited, but something can tie you up. What is that thing? That I I, I want that. Hmm? And also you 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 have unlimited mercy. You showed it to Mother Yashoda. You're unlimitedly merciful. You allowed her to tie you up. Hmm? So it's, he's turning a secondary name into a, into a primary name. He says, "Namo Deva Damodar Ananta Vishnu." Vishnu is similar. Means all like all pervasive. You're everywhere. You're all pervasive, hmm? but you're tied up here. Hmm? So <laughs> I, I, I like that idea. He says it's, again. He keeps referring to the power that that is that is making the here the, the all pervasive one localized. Hmm? At the same time, his comp- all pervasive is not compromised, but it's a secondary thing because it, obviously there's something more than that because he can be tied up in one place. Experienced right face to face with Mother Yasoda. Namo Deva Damodar Ananta Vishnu uh, Prasida, give me your mercy, Prabhu. Prabhu. So I think Sanatan says, Prabhu means here, you who are filled with all, all Shakti. Hmm? So he's appealing by use of the, by invoking the name Prabhu to the Shakti of Bhagawan, again, which is what the rope represents, the Shakti of, of Bhakti that has the power to bind him. Hmm? And similarly with. Isha, the controller, you are the controller, but in the picture I'm painting, <laughs> that's come into question here. You've been, you've been controlled, you've been tied up to the mortar, and you cannot escape. And and so he says, Kripa Dishti Bhishtatidina, glance mercifully upon me and, and, and let me look at you face to face. It's a very extraordinary. Uh, aspiration, if you will, but he's gone about it in a way, hmm? as taught in Brihad Bhagavatam, that he'll get the desired result. That is Hari Kirtan. Hari Kirtan ki jai, Amadarastakam ki jai, Gaur Bhaktavrinda ki jai, Gaur Premanandi. Any question? Yes. This is probably a little elementary. I'm not so well versed. Um, if you could explain uh, Antar Darshan and Saksha Darshan. Yeah. Antar Darshan means, in- Antar means internal, right? So I could be standing before the deity, and the deity could give me Darshan and speak to me, but you wouldn't experience it. I would be experiencing it internally, hmm? as if the deity was speaking directly to me, but other people around me couldn't necessarily see it. Hmm? That's called antardarshan. A good example of that is the, the way in which Krishna um, enlightened Brahma with the four essential verses of the Bhagavatam. Because Brahma was in meditation, right? Brahma was meditating, and Krishna appeared internally and spoke the four verses to him. And it all took place internally. So there wasn't anybody around, but if anybody was, they they would they would just see him meditating. Hmm? So that's called antardarshan, right? Now sakshadarshan means sakshad means direct. 
So it means if we were all sitting here and Krishna came and we could all see him, we could say all of our minds were absorbed. <laughs> but but uh, this is you know, let's let's take for example the people I and Rishi. He's sitting meditating. He's experiencing Vishnu inside as he meditates on different forms of Vishnu. Let's take the inhabitants of Vrindavan. They're wrestling with Krishna, playing with Krishna, tying Krishna up in the case of Mother Yasoda. They're not meditating on him. They're not having an internal, meditative, overtly kind of spiritual, as it would appear from this world, experience. But they're, they're just like I'm talking with you. They're, they're meeting with Krishna. That means the Sakshat Darshan, like that. So that is superior experience that is experienced with entirely spiritual senses, while the mind may be superior in one sense to the other senses. Hmm? Spiritual eyes and spiritual ears, that's another thing, right? What you could do with spiritual eyes and spiritual ears is different than what you could do with material eyes and material ears. So materially speaking, the mind may be superior to the other senses in terms of its capacity to to identify with an o- experience an object all the senses depend upon the mind in order for you know if you're in a room and I'm talking to you but your mind's somewhere else well you're not going to hear me right so you got to have the so but but by the power of bhakti you can get a spiritual body you can have spiritual senses hmm? and and that's what you need in order to have the direct if you will experience in leela with Krishna, rather than a meditative experience of Krishna. Now it's all kind of internal, <laughs> and and beyond the the view of external material eyes. But you understand the difference? Yeah. So you can see that you're. Which are you interested in? The Sakshad Darshan or the Antar Darshan? You want to you want to Krishna Leela, right? You'd like to shake his hand and you know have dinner with him. You know, be fought and fight it over to Mother Yasoda's for breakfast, <laughs> cooked by Radharani. You know, that's a very, you know, it's one thing, it's kind of audacious, how can we think like that, but that's what's been offered to us, that opportunity. So that's what we want. All things considered, we want to pursue it step by step, appropriately, and so forth and so on. So we do kirtan, kirtan, uh, you know, first, if you're going to have an interior decorator, they come to your house, the first thing they do is they throw everything out. Hmm? Throw everything out, clean the place up, and then they decorate. So first the Nam will go in as a sweeper, it cleanse the heart. Mm-hmm. Then what are the possibilities of the Atma? They're different than the possibilities of the body-mind complex. Mm-hmm. And then the decorating begins. That is positive, so to speak, uh, after the cleaning is done, effect of Bhakti, of Nam. So, yeah. In meditation that Raghunath Goswami on the banks of Radhakund, he would enter, enter into meditation and he would actually enter into the Leela. Is that like an Antar Darshan or would that be considered a Sakshan? Yeah, he's not an Antar Darshan, but, he will be, but he's ex- exemplifying the, the, kind of the, the practice of Bhava Bhakti. Hmm? So, in due course, you'll get a a spiritual body take birth in the leela, hmm. something like that. Yes, Mahara. Um, everything. I mean, you were explaining it so beautifully, and I know there's a higher message in all that you explained. And but at the same time, um, since 
in our um, what Georgetown is offering, it's not to be meditating on. Well, I mean, it's not devotes all your wrath. So I was just wondering why um, it's. Well, I mean, like he's saying over and over again. I just want to think of your childhood pastime right. performance. Right. Yeah. Well, um, so Vatsali Rasa is a beautiful thing, of course. It's not um, the uh, kind of a, a window of opportunity really presented in Gaudiya Vaishnavas. We don't find it in any of our acharyas, for example. But a contemporary of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was Balaba, and in the Balaba Sampradaya, Mahaprabhu blessed him. In Bhakti Ratnakara, that story is explained, and some of it's there in Chaitanya Charitamrita also. So he has his own lineage in the, within the lineage of Vishnu Swami, and there's a there's a very strong and overt emphasis on Vatsali Rasa in that lineage. Now, when Rupa Goswami explains Vaidhi Bhakti and Raghunuga Bhakti in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, at the end of each of those sections, he says, and there's another group, and they call it Mariada. And there's another group, and they call it Pushti. It's similar. He's referring to the Balaba Sampradaya, and Balaba was a contemporary of Rupa Goswami and a, and a scholar. And so that was kind of is kind of covered by their group, if you will. But it is um, showcased, obviously, in the Bhagavatam. There are really four rasas of Vrindavan: Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, and Madhuri. But the Dasya ras is 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 for the most part, tinged with Sakirasa. So it kind of begins with Sakirasa. And Sakirasa extends throughout the whole of the Vrindavan Lila because there is Sakirasa mixed with friendship, there is Sakirasa unto itself, there is Sakirasa mixed with Vatsalya, and there is Sakirasa influenced by Madhurya. So it pervades the whole of Golok in one sense. It's the, it's the friendly world, in other words. Um, even while Madhurya Rasa is, is the acme of the zenith of the aesthetic experience, aesthetic rapture that's afforded there. Um, so, yes, our sampradaya gives windows of of sakiras, madhuriras, and, and 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 not overtly a window to matsalyarasa. Um, so that's fine. But what what we're doing here, what Sanatana Goswami is doing, is glorifying the month of Kartik, which is Radharani's month. Hmm? And he's drawing from the um, uh, Kartik Mahatmya of the Ma- of the of the uh, Padma Purana, and he's taking many statements from the Purana and other places and placing it in this chapter of Hari Bhakti Vilas. And here's this beautiful song about Damodar, hmm? and so he he places it in here as well and makes a commentary on it. Now it is overtly about um, Vatsali Rasa. Hmm? And this is the, the appears to be the aspiration of the the author and so forth, but it is also about the power uh, ultimately of of bhakti, which is you know symbolized, if you will, by the by the rope and and Madhusudan's efforts and, and so forth. In the end, he'll pay his obeisances to the rope and to Radharani, and 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 so in an overarching sense, it is about. What the month of Damodar? See, Damodar is a good name for the month of Kartik because it's the name of Vishnu. So all, all the months are named after Vishnu. Hmm? But this is Radharani's month, 
but it's named after Vishnu. But the name Damodar is a name of Vishnu in which Vishnu is, if you will, tied up by bhakti. Hmm? And that bhakti is is the is presided over by Radha. She is Bhakti Devi. Hmm? And uh, that rope is, you know, there's a little bit of Radha in, in every bhakti, if you will, you know, once once you get bhakti. Hmm? So um, it, it has its place here, um, and, and, and Sanatam Prabhu, you know, he looks at it along those lines, so he'll give some emphasis in the, in the last sloka about, you know, the, the, the Rishi has got that in mind too, but, you know, he's not going there right now or something like that. It's, a, it's too secret or something like that <laughs> for the Purana. That help? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You spoke about separation and how that will enhance unions. Well, what about separation in a neophyte position, like separation from attraction to kirtan or sadhana bhakti, you know, um, separation from tenacity to perform bhakti? What about that feeling of separation? Does that Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't call that separation. I'd call it probably apathy. Um, which is, uh, you know, a symptom of of uh, uh, the stage of bhakti in which one's practice isn't steady. Anishta, bhajana kriya. And I think is addressed by Mishwana Chakvari Thakur in Madhurikanamani. Apathy has a place to, you know, it shows itself. And so it's just the force of our material conditioning. And it is also the lack on our part to take advantage of sadhusanga because it's difficult to remain apathetic in sadhusanga. Hmm? Hmm? As I say, bhakti is gradual, but so is cooking. Right? But if I come in and say, hey, mom, where's the dinner? You know, or dad, whatever. <laughs> and he uh, said, well, it's just coming now. And it's not even on the stove yet. I said, well, at least you could you know, put it on the stove. Then you could say it's coming soon, you know. Um, so the stove, the fire, that is sadhusanga. So if we don't have sadhusanga, it's not coming too soon. It come, I mean, it's the birth of bhakti, that the mool, the janma, hmm, the root, the birth, the bhakti is sadhusanga, and and we we find it. It's the birth. It perpetuates it. You know, it, it or excuse me, it, it it enhances it. It it encourages it. It fosters it. Hmm? And in the highest devotees, they they're also pining for it. Hmm? And Ramananda says that you know, what is the most painful thing in the world to be separated from, from Sadhu Sangha. So we have we we can go on for for weeks without that. We're just fine, you know. Then we wonder why our, we're a little apathetic, apathetic about our, our about our practice. But if we associate with advanced devotees, then it's difficult. And the point of going on retreats and having programs and so forth is supposed to carry that with you. And uh, if you start running out of gas, got to get back to the gas station. <laughs> You can't just hang out there and say, my car's not working, and I don't know why. You know? <laughs> so it can't really be emphasized enough. I mean, it's difficult in one sense that some people have written to me and said, well, what if you you know, live in a place and you can't get any sadhusanga? And I've said, well, then move. I mean, you know, it depends what you want to do in life, what's important to you. And if, if you know, this should be something that you've really decided you want to do, and it overrides anything else in the world. And if you don't have that kind of conviction, you're not going to be able to practice in such a way that you're going to 
get the desired result. If you have a you know religious orientation to it, you don't understand it well, you got involved because it seemed like a good thing and and so forth, and met somebody charismatic or something. And, but you have to understand it. You have to really apply yourself, and it has to be ananya, no other. I mean, it has to be at least in the sadhaka's life. This, what my life is about, and it's centered around that. I do other things. They're important, and relatively speaking, and and they're important because if I don't do them, I won't be whole enough emotionally or materially, or I won't have food on my table to practice. So I have to kind of look at it like that, and then you can be, you know, household or a monastic, grihe taco, bane taco, sadahari bole taco. So anyway, I'm, you know, I sympathize with you, but empathize with you, but I think this is the remedy for apathy in, in practice and we meet you know we meet the wall of our conditioning we 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 we, we make the effort we we're determined and so forth and we chant and, and you know we don't we aren't advanced enough that we can get a taste uh, all the time or that we can draw from the text the things that we can in uh, association with advanced devotees that you know make us go wow this is cool stuff you know <laughs> i didn't know that was in there uh and and so on. So that's what we need. So you're all here together, you're all many senior devotees, you should gather together and keep one another enthusiastic. Why only tonight? Tomorrow night, you know. Yes. So what else? What's the time? Ten after eight. What time do we start? Six thirty? Okay. So I think we've it's good for now, huh? We'll stop, take prashadam. Hopefully we meet tomorrow. Sri Dhamadarastakam ke jai. Kartik Vrata ke jai. Gauri Vaishnav Guru Parampara ke jai. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ke jai. Gaur Premanam ke jai. Gaur Premanam ke jai.